This is the Voice Podcast Network. Hi everyone, welcome to the second episode of Hilltop Horror, a podcast brought to you from The Voice. I'm Elspeth. I'm Lucy. And today we're diving into The Exorcist in honor of the 50th anniversary and also the remake requel i think they they definitely made a second one maybe a third so i think this is like a new generation of it Mm. yeah and if you like this story um definitely check out the voices piece about what life was like at georgetown when the exorcist was made in the seventh issue a shout out to dina bella for her amazing work on that we're gonna start with a couple like fun questions um the first one being what is the last horror movie you saw um, the last horror movie I saw, so I was watching a movie with someone who didn't like horror movies or had never seen them, so I was like, what can I choose so that you will enjoy this, hopefully? Um, so we watched You Are Next, which is one of my favorite, um, like, slashers. It's more like a smart slasher, like, it's a dark comedy, Mm -hmm. um, I think it's directed by... Adam Wingard, who did, like, The Guest, and, like, he's done several horror movies, I think. Uh, But, no, it's about this, like, it's, like, this murder mystery, but you also have these masked killers, and then one of the characters turns out she was raised on, like, a survival compound, so she's actually really smart at, like, surviving the situation. Interesting. But it's it's really funny. Um, That's good on my watch list. We are not, you are next? You're next. You're next. Yes. Okay. Um, My friend did not enjoy it. (laughs) he's like what's wrong with you this entire movie is just people getting their throats slit and I'm like naturally yes but no (laughs) (laughs) you gotta dig deeper than that no it's funny um I think well my friends at Georgetown don't really love horror it's like mostly my friends at home so and with everything with school it's hard to sometimes sit down and just like watch a movie straight on so I think the last actual horror movie I watched was The Exorcist in preparation for this. What is a horror movie that you had to shut off because it was so disturbing? Have you heard of Martyrs? No. Okay. So it's one of the like new French extremity movement movies, um, which are basically just like really graphic and explicit. Um, like, brilliant movie, but also... I had to, like, shut it off halfway through, because I was like, actually, I think I know what's coming, and I actually can't sit through it, and then I had to watch it um, in a separate sitting, and I did have to, like, look away and curl up in a fetal position, because it's so traumatizing to watch. I hear that um, that one movie with Jennifer Lawrence, Mother, is like that. Yeah, well, that's more, like, an impressionistic film, where it's just really strange so what's a movie you needed to turn off or watch over multiple sittings because it was so disturbing i don't know if there was like one movie that i can remember but i know that the second season of american horror story was like that i think it was asylum and it gets really disturbing and american horror story is usually not like that but this new season's really interesting because it's kind of a rosemary's baby playoff mm-hmm. of like a modern day rosemary's baby with emma roberts kim kardashian's in it and I mean, it's not great, <laughs> but um, she's Aww. not, like, she's kind of low-key better than I thought she would be. 
No, they're definitely bringing her in for, like, marketing. Oh, 100%. Because after Evan Peters left and Sarah Paulson's not in it yet anymore. So there's, like, no big names. All the beloved people are gone. Um, So getting into The Exorcist. So just a couple, like, fun facts first. Um, First of all, I didn't realize it was nominated for Best Picture, which is really interesting for horror specifically. I know we talked about this in the last episode, but... Yeah, it was, and um, William Peter Blatty, who attended Georgetown, actually, uh, who wrote the original book, I think he won for Best Adapted Screenplay, Mm -hmm. because he adapted his own book into the screenplay. Yeah. Another fun fact that I think is kind of funny is that um, people ran out of the theater screaming and vomiting, because it was so horrifying for the time. But these people who ran out were mostly men, um, given the fact that the daughter was sick, the women remained there and they were strapped to their seats um like dying to know what happened mm-hmm. and like wanting a resolution for the mother but all the men <laughs> were screaming and crying and vomiting that, i think that's really funny just i think that most movies evoke like more uniform reactions i'd say if they're like that affecting um but i think it's interesting it's also like a testament to like what subgenres of horror appeal to people with different life experiences uh which i'd love to get into more in the future but i think that's really interesting the main question that everybody always asks is um is this movie accurate and i remember i think it was a buzzfeed unsolved that might have done an episode on it or had like so-called had recordings from the actual thing but the original um incident that inspired vladdy vladdy yeah vladdy was um there was a boy in Cottage City, Maryland. I think it took place, the original um, Washington Post article that wrote about and released this um, idea, or not this idea, but the story was in 1949, um, and the person died, the boy it was written about. Um, they called him Ronald Doe in the Washington Post piece, but he died in 2020, and it was, it's, I think it's interesting because he was thought to have been a NASA engineer who helped with the 1969 moon landing. Um, which is just like a fun fact about him. In the original story in the Washington Post, it was thought that his aunt gave him an, a Ouija board, similar to how um, Reagan fi- finds the Ouija board in the basement of their house in the movie, and then um, a paranormal happenings after the aunt died. So, yeah, and there might have been tipping chairs, shaking beds, which words etched onto his body. Um, according to a Screen Rant um, piece about this, after the death of his aunt, Roland's family tried to contact her with the Ouija board, but this led to scratches all over Roland's body and bed. Neither moving nor an impromptu Catholic baptism, which sent Roland into an unbridled rage, changed their situation. Roland's family contacted every expert, all leading to a dead end, including a stint with a psychiatrist. After getting no answers, the family finally received help from Father Raymond J. Bishop, and multiple exorcisms were performed. The exorcism that inspired the movie The Exorcist had to be stopped early because Roland ripped off a piece of mattress spring and threw it at the priest. A few days later, Roland started getting red scratches with the mark spelling out the word Lewis. This alerted the family to go to the St. Louis University where he was introduced to Father Walter H. Halloran um, and Reverend William Bodard, who performed an exorcism on Roland. When Bodhi left a crucifix under Doe's pillow, the family saw furniture flip over, Roland's mattress shaking uncontrollably, and the crucifix pushed onto the end of the bed. 
so that's pretty um, intense. But between there, um, I believe they brought, so he lived in Maryland. I believe the exorcisms took place in GU Hospital and, and then the St. Louis Hospital and the th- at third location, so not just the first from the movie. Uh, the, a priest stayed with the boy for a couple months. I'm not sure if this was in St. Louis because I know they eventually moved to St. Louis for St. Louis University. But um, one of the priests stayed with the boy for two months where he personally witnessed such manifestations as the bed in which the boy was sleeping, suddenly moving across the room. So, and a lot of it was kind of accurate. Not a lo- Okay, not a lot of it was kind of accurate. But there's a couple of, like, interesting fact versus fiction um, in the sense that, so, the voice, the deep voice was real, um, as real as one could be. He did actually, um, she, he was actually screaming in Latin, um, a language he never studied, but some people just say that's because of, um, he was trying to get out of school. I don't know, I feel like you hear about a lot of alleged exorcisms, like I think, particularly the case that I think inspired the second Conjuring movie, where, um, it was these kind of like elaborate setups that these kids used to get attention um but also the practice of exorcism is like obviously very closely linked with gaps in our understanding of psychiatry um like i don't know the fact that exorcisms were being performed in hospitals another um thing that was a uh, reportedly real was that all these happenings did only occur at night like the movie says um, and he did react violently around religious stuff. Um, but one thing, which is actually just like not that even big of a deal, but it's just an interesting little um, tidbit, is that this boy was from a big family, not a small single parent household, like the movie says. And they weren't actually in Georgetown, they were in Cottage City, Maryland. But I don't think that's too far from the. No, and I think, again, it's like up to the author to adapt, even if he was inspired by like elements of the possession and of the exorcism. Um, he was obviously a Georgetown student, so he was familiar with the neighborhood. I think also attending a Catholic university may have um, kind of encouraged his curiosity. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, they did up to 30 exorcisms total on the boy. Wow. Which seems a little excessive. I feel like after 30 exorcisms, you might want to look somewhere else for a problem. Right. Yeah, and I think there's obviously, like, a good deal of skepticism surrounding the practice of exorcism generally. Um, Because I believe they're still practiced, especially in, like, um, in some spiritual traditions. They're, like, still a very common practice. Uh, But, again, I think, like, the increasing consciousness around, like, psychiatry and and mental health makes these also just like the rise of secularism um and like people wanting to practice their faith away from the church uh means that the catholic church has lost a lot of its authority surrounding this kind of practice so the real question is i think the question everybody wants to know is do you think this is real or do you think this was just like a, a joke from a kid who that spiraled into a multi-million dollar franchise. I'm inclined to say it was not a joke or a hoax, at least entirely. I think that um, it, again, I think there's definitely a psychological component, um, either to 
these kinds of episodes that people would assume warrant a possession in lieu of like any other way of addressing it, but also just the psychology around attention-seeking behavior to this extent. So not that I, I don't think he was possessed by a demon, um, just because of my personal beliefs. Um, but again, I think it's a very, perhaps a very severe case of something going on psychologically. Do you believe in ghosts and like demons? No. Really? Like not at all? No, I don't. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, uh, no, I, I don't believe in anything supernatural. Interesting. Not, I mean, I would like to think, because I think it'd be fun. <laughs> that sounds wrong, but like, it'd be like, it, it's a comforting idea to know that we don't just die after death, that we have a soul. But at the same time, I am a neurobiology major, and we do learn a lot about the fact that we're just a bunch of electrochemical signals, and we're not like, no, we're not actual people, but, like, there's not a soul. We're just a bunch of electrochemical signals. Um, and then we learn about a lot of um, the coping mechanisms people use to, like, survive in this world. And I'm not saying they're not valid, but um, it's just interesting to have that perspective. Especially, I grew up super Catholic. Um, and so, like, having that perspective versus having this perspective of, um, like, the scientific aspect of it is really an interesting dichotomy, I will admit. I think the scientific aspect is so cool. Just the fact yeah. that, like, for all, like, the faults in human biology, the fact that we've evolved to, like, have this level of, like, adaptive and conscious thinking, I think is really cool. But also, I don't think we fully understand ourselves. Oh, 100% not. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. Like, I think neuroscience is as close as we get. Mm -hmm. Or maybe, like, poetry, because I'm taking a romantics class right now. <laughs> so, um, but... Yeah, I think that supernatural, I think that supernatural phenomenon are always going to be a topic of debate, because I don't think anyone who tries to disprove its existence by, like, saying, oh, well, this was a hoax, and this is why, and this was a hoax, um, I don't think they're going to convince anyone, because I think it's a very emotional-rooted belief, um, and so... I think we're just going to keep going on and on. I think supernatural horror movies are going to continue to do well, at least commercially, which this one did not. But The Exorcist <laughs> did. The new one did not. Oh, damn. Yeah. I know I, I don't know, I don't like uh, murder movies, but I freaking love paranormal activity movies. Not paranormal activity, I do love that, but just paranormal in general. Like The Pope's Exorcist. Did you watch that? Because I actually really enjoyed no, that. I haven't. That was a good movie, in my opinion. See, I'm like, I'm kind of the opposite, because I don't find supernatural horror very scary. Because again, I think it's like, it's almost like fantasy to me, where it's like, I don't mm. think these things exist, but it's cool that in this universe, maybe they're real. Yeah, there's yeah. this movie on Netflix called The Boy. I think we've talked about we've this talked before. We've talked about The Boy. Yeah, I know the, the famous, the infamous twist. Yeah. That is a crazy twist because... It's insane. <laughs> you've seen it, right? I watched it after you told me to watch it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> it was it was interesting. It was kind of like, <laughs> I usually like like slow, like slow build. That was really Movies, slow, It's though. very much like, it's like the ambiance. Mm. Um, and it's kind of a, it's a very interesting setup. I do like that whole, like, concept, but then, like... I agree. 
but I just think they waited too long to have anything, like, actually happen. Well, except you see, like, the parents walk into the ocean, I think. Oh, that's like, true. too early? Okay. It's been a while since I watched okay. it, so I wasn't exactly sure. Anyway, it's, like, not a, it's not a great horror movie, but, like, the <laughs> twist is so campy. The twist is a, I kind a of, twist. I kind of love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like, like, I how it's very unambiguous at the ending because it's like you know exactly what happened you don't think about it afterwards it's just like kind of messed up a little bit yeah. but like it's whatever uh, it kind of reads more like a like a short story yeah like I feel like that's very much something that I would have read in like middle school where it's <laughs> like it again it like feels conclusive like it made its point and now it's done yeah The Exorcist is very much well, I guess with the ending, how um, I forgot what the father's name is, but how he takes the demon into himself and then kills himself. Um, Seth is kind of like final, but not necessarily because you don't know who the what the demon is. Exactly, still, like, it's it's still left very ambiguous, and I think there's only there's literally only one shot of the demon, and it's that like split second frame that, that everyone yes. pauses. Like you've mm-hmm. definitely seen the like yeah. blank face. I go back and pause. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so to to get into some of the themes of the movie, it's very much a story, I would say centered around the mother. I think we've talked about this before, but I think the scariest scene in The Exorcist is the hospital scene, where Reagan is getting the, like, neuro scan. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hate hospitals, period. But I think it's it's just so scary to have a loved one in the hospital, and you don't know exactly what's happening to them and you're just desperate for a cure and it kind of evoked that kind of memory or emotional reaction so i i found that sequence to be the scariest um then when they get to the actual exorcism like the extent to which chris is in the room or not or involved she's just terrified Mm -hmm. the entire time um and i don't think she's even that religious but i don't again she looks and I think, again, that's why this movie was very popular with the Catholic Church, because it was this kind of reaffirming of faith. Because you present this woman who is, at very least, agnostic or skeptical or non-practicing. Um, and she does look to the church because it's her kind of last resort. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it does like reaffirm her faith in Catholicism, which is this like embodiment of goodness. Um, but then the priest is a really interesting character because he's presented in this like morally gray area uh, because he has a mother who's mm-hmm. uh, terminally ill and he kind of doubts his faith if he can't provide for his mother, if he can't make her better, then how can he possibly help other people? Because um, he, he, you see many scenes of him doubting his faith or like talking with higher-ups of the church about mm-hmm. that he doesn't think he's qualified to do the exorcism or he doesn't know what to do but ultimately he decides to help this family and then he kind of martyrs himself in a way in when he takes on the demon and then falls down the stairs um i think that's a it's a very fitting end for that character because his entire life is about the service of others through his faith and I think by again taking on like a literal demon and then like self-terminating I think 
it's kind of a full arc for mm-hmm. him. So again, it's very character driven because when you get in the exorcism room, you're like, you know that he has doubts about if the possession is authentic, about if it's going to work, if he is the one to do it because he's praying for his mother and nothing seems to be happening. Um, but it's kind of, it kind of presents the church, this embodiment of, embodiment of goodness in the face of evil as opposed to this, like, panacea mm-hmm. for all, like, ailments. I think another scary part of the movie is, is the language that Reagan uses. The effects themselves, actually rewatching it, they're not horrible effects for the fact that they didn't have CGI and everything had to be, like, attached to strings to make everything move. But um, she uses very disturbing language a lot of the time, like, especially in that one scene... Um, where with the cross at the beginning of the exorcist yes, part yes. where she's covered in blood because of that um, I don't want to go too deep because it's pretty disturbing but that was like shocking honestly to me I feel like I haven't seen a lot of horror that kind of like goes for that that, that far other than like something comparable to me for that would be that scene in Hereditary when the girl dies like I kind of mm-hmm. had similar reactions and I, I don't know why because one's definitely, like, very different than the other, but I had similar, like, visceral reactions to the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, the language she uses is, like, I think it was more, considered more vulgar at the time that the movie came out. It was more shocking. Uh, But again, that was taken directly from, like, actual cases of exorcisms. But yes, I can see why audiences would have been shocked by that mm-hmm. for the time because also you need to keep in mind like all effects were practical yeah um pretty much so like that was the closest thing people had seen to to what that would actually look like um so the exorcist was very i don't know new for its time um it it was made in 73 i believe yes uh, this was between rosemary's baby and then uh, later in the 70s we get to the slashers I don't really know what else was made around that time but um, you can definitely still see a lot of the typical tropes we see in the slashers for example they since they changed the Ronald Doe to Reagan the the young boy to the young girl mm-hmm. that definitely is a trope we see a lot of the girl getting uh, victimized right yeah a lot of slashers I know um Texas Chainsaw Massacre came out the year after The Exorcist, I believe. Um, And again, you do see that. You do see women being victimized disproportionately over men um, because you have these kind of archetypes that the characters fit into. When I was looking at the cast, because I wanted to see if Reagan, the actress that plays Reagan, did anything else. The second movie, I haven't seen it. I'm really bad at watching sequels because I don't. I hate being disappointed by things I, know, I really I like. I feel like a lot of like very successful horror movies have had sequels made solely because the first one was profitable, mm. um, and like the second and third installment just get atrocious yeah. reviews. I heard the second original second of The Exorcist wasn't horrible. I don't know if you've seen it. The new one I remember seeing. Um, I don't know. I don't remember what movie I was seeing in the theaters, but I remember seeing the. Um, trailer and it looked really good but i hadn't seen it yet we've been talking about seeing it for weeks we have been yes so it currently has a 22 percent oh, on rotten tomatoes okay which is, which is impressive because usually if a movie is like 
mediocre or like boring, it'll get like forty to fifty percent. So they really excelled in this one. They really did. They really went over the top. The demon they borrowed from, I believe, a non-Catholic spiritual tradition. Um, and also in the actual exorcism, they do perform uh, a typical Catholic exorcism, uh, but I believe they also perform a Haitian uh, exorcism or similar ritual um, in order to help the girls. And just looking at the first exorcist, where it suggested that the source of this demon was like an artifact from Egypt, so from uh, from like the east, pretty much. Um, it's this juxtaposition of Catholicism being the remedy for something other that was brought into corrupt kind of American suburban bliss. And so that's in direct contrast to the new movie where Catholicism is presented in a more pluralistic context and the solution is also um, found in a Haitian spiritual practice. I bet the Catholics love that. Oh yeah, you know, if you if you look up like reviews of all these Catholic websites being like why this is problematic mm. or offensive or atrocious. <laughs> um, so I think there's definitely some some backlash in that regard to it. I think that's actually an interesting component of the new one. Um, but again, you can see how not having that glowing endorsement from the Catholic Church may have affected the movie yeah. commercially. Well, it looks like um, that the original Chris McNeil and Reagan are both in The Believer, okay. which is interesting. There's just like, it looks like this one shot of like her, like kind of a similar to a hospital, the, the whole shot of the hospital, like yelling almost. But that's a promo still I found on IMDb, so do not um, quote me on what it actually is. Yeah, but it looks, I mean, I still want to see it. Like, <laughs> like it we, looks we good. Should, we should see it. <laughs> um, um, thank you everyone for listening. We're so excited to make more episodes of this for you. Hopefully you enjoyed. Uh, and go watch The Exorcist if you haven't seen it. Maybe not the new one, but definitely the original one. Or the second or the third that I think nobody has ever seen because... It's it's giving Psycho 2 the movie we made in the 90s. <laughs> it's like impressively bad. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyways. Yeah.